Brown victory looking to build. Barbarousas is quick. Is he in behind top or Stanley? It doesn't matter! Costa Barbarousas! Wow! Well, no sooner had Marcelo Bielsa been given his marching orders from Leeds United that the vultures began circling, the Australian football fans began licking their lips and wondering what might have been and what might be. Thinking back to that fateful 2017 decision to appoint Bert van Marwijk in his place. He's a 66-year-old with serious burnout. Uh, I know there's, you know, a few washed-up Australian football managers floating around, but even uh, considering how things have gone south at Leeds, Australian football could do worse uh, with a new World Cup qualifying cycle on the horizon. Josh Parrish here with Jason Goldsmith. Jason, what did you make of the uh, Marcelo Bielsa chat that has exploded in the last 48 hours? G'day, Josh. Nice to be back. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think there was uh, – we went the very conservative route of the of the Dutch coach at the last World mm. Cup. It was only going to be in there for the lead-up friendlies, and there was talk that Bielsa is a bit of a maverick, does things his own way, and we and he was in the mix. Craig Foster, obviously a massive fan and has watched him previously. And um, it didn't happen. We went the conservative route. We got a draw and, and that's about all that we got out of the, out of the World Cup. So it, it didn't work and maybe we need to try something new. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, I guess we get excited because he's available again. But I think the equation has changed somewhat for Bielsa over those years, even if you know things did go poorly at the end at, at Leeds and, and he was sacked. You know, I've never seen such an outpouring of emotion for a manager who's been on such a, a losing streak. Well, he's so well loved with the Leeds faithful because uh, their their squad is basically there's only two additions from a championship mm. squad. So he, he took them from mid table all the way up to promotion, and all the way through held on last season. And um, yeah, it's going south now. But they love what he's done and his approach. I think the real questions are, you know, which journalist is going to ask him if he could be called Ozzy Marcello? <laughs> And instead of Aussie sit- Mark <laughs> or Mark, and instead of a bucket, what would he sit on? Would he need to? We need to wheel out um, Paddy Kisner or those uh, Esky from the A <laughs> League finals. Maybe have that little Aussie slant on it because I'm not sure how the the mainstream media will go um, dealing with an interpreter. But um, mm. yeah, I, it's 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 probably pretty far fetched to be honest. I think uh, we know football Australia is quite conservative. Graham Arnold's got a couple of uh, qualifiers to go before we work out where we are, if we are in a playoff mix, and, and then go down that track. Yeah, it, I also don't think he'd come cheap. Uh, a notoriously cash-strapped federation going with the big name, who's an even bigger name than he was when he was allegedly in the mix yeah, that's right. so, five years ago. I don't know. Um, look, I don't think we have the money to throw around at the moment. There's no wealthy benefactor Um running the show like in previous regimes. So it'll be an interesting one. I, I guess there's a lot to play out before that even becomes a consideration. And I don't think, to be honest, Football Australia would be considering it at this stage. No, I, I think it, it does seem like dreamland to me at the moment. I mean, obviously, if he's interested, you go for him um, and, you, and you look at and see how the numbers stack up. But I, I just don't know why he would come here. 
he's a manager who wants everything a certain way, and if he doesn't get certain concessions from uh, the people running the joint, then he doesn't hesitate to just break his contract and walk out. You know, mm. he resigned at Lille after about three weeks. And that's the, the time at which he was linked with the job, and maybe they thought, oh, this guy's a bit unpredictable. We need a safe pair of hands here. Yeah. I, we, well, I mean, imagine him looking at the state of Australian football. Imagine what he'd think. Imagine him on this show. We're talking about <laughs> some of the things that we've spoken about and some things that get raised every every week. You know, should you cap Volpato? Should you, um, <laughs> all, all those kinds of issues would be fantastic. Look, uh, I, I guess he's had a pretty rough – not mm. rough. He's probably had a pretty pretty good time with Leeds. Um, he's going to be remembered fondly. The, that that emotion you talked about was great. He's got a lot of fans, but I think it's just a, and w- maybe depending on this World Cup qualifying campaign, right? Say we get to the mm-hmm. third place playoff, and, and say we make that through, and then we fall at the last hurdle against the the South American one. Is that is it then that we say right? We need someone for four years, or do we need someone like Hiddink was brought in just to get through the final qualification stage, and then to the World Cup and nothing else? Because I mean, Hiddick in 2006 become quite mythical, hasn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, he did, the you know, the greatest achievement in a World Cup for us to make it through to the, the round of 16. So it hasn't been happened before or since. But he was only, he only took control of us for what, less than 10 games, really. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was uh, very much a mercenary arrangement. Mm. You know, he, he came in just for the tournament, just to get us there and to coach us at the World Cup. What he did, he, I think he went to, did he go to Solomon Islands? So there was a home and away for that one. Yep. And then there was the, obviously the Uruguay home and away. So that's and there was four, a couple of friendly Greece games. Greece here and then I think Holland. So what's that, six mm. and then the four at the World Cup. So 10 games and, the, and he's <laughs> he's elevated to like the, the greatest we've got. So, But on the, on the other side of it as well, I mean, we're way too conservative. How good would it be to have a character like Bielsa, like a, a character in world football, like hitting put the mm. soccer is on the map, you know, more so than, than anyone else. So um, that that would be pretty handy, I would think. But to be honest, it's a, it's a long way to go. A couple of qualifiers at the end of this month and then that will get all rushed through with the playoffs if we uh, happen to be successful and go through there. I find him really refreshing because he never blames anyone but himself. He's so... He's so refreshingly honest and doesn't deflect whatsoever. He never blames a referee. He never blames factors outside of his control. He's always just reflecting on what he could have done differently, what his team could have done differently. Yeah, and that's what they talk about and how respectful he mm. is, which is probably goes against the, the stereotype of the yeah, Dutch. Of, logo. <laughs> of the Dutch well, that, um, oh, true, that, yeah. that we have had previously, you know. So they, ha- they have a... Uh, I don't know if it's unfounded or founded um, reputation. As um, uh, Dutch people are very direct. <laughs> correct. Yeah, that's it. Frank. We'll call him Frank. But okay. that's it. So he's, um, yes, he, he takes it all himself, takes all responsibility, which is quite, uh, it's quite unique, not deflecting any attention from, from his boys and what he's doing. Just before the show, I was having a quick Marcelo Bielsa Google and uh, this, this this story came up that I've, I've heard before, but it, uh, I always like it. It was the 1999 Copper America game where Argentina lost 3-0 and uh, it was the only game in which someone's missed three penalties. If you remember, Martin Palermo took all three and missed all three. Don't remember that. Um, he, he was the Argentinian forward with the with the blonde yeah. uh, frosted tips in his hair. I think he eventually went 
to the 2010 World Cup with Maradona as well is brought back into the fold. Uh, but uh, in the press conference afterwards, as, as the legendary South American football journalist Tim Vickery writes, in the press conference, um, Bielsa sat staring into space, refusing to make eye contact with anyone, his usual stance. He was asked what he had made of the referee's performance. If the question was predictable, the answer was anything but. One doesn't usually have the habit of commenting on referees, but leaving the, everyone to believe he would continue with a rant about a joker running amok with a whistle. Instead, he proceeded with, but in respect of my expulsion, because he was red carded from the <laughs> sideline, the referee was absolutely correct because I protested in an ill-mannered form. <laughs> <laughs> so polite, so polite. I know, amazing. And, yeah. and so thoughtful about his own <laughs> conduct, you know. Yeah, he's. <laughs> it was it was very funny with the Spygate thing, which is often holding it up against him as you know a contradiction of this image that Leeds fans have of him. He was thinking, well, he's not technically against the rules, and I did not realise it was uh, not acceptable in this country. But if that is the case, I apologise. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I just want to see him, you know, outside. Japanese training with a pair of binoculars. <laughs> Looking in. Look, imagine, I don't know what his next steps will be, but uh, I'm sure he, if the, the job's on offer for us, that he'll probably get snapped up somewhere else beforehand. I wonder what the player is that he would bring in out of the cold because there's always one with Bielsa. that He he, he does such like thorough scouting. That, you know, he'd be going through like MPL South Australia games from 2017 and picking somebody out that's our answer at left back or whatever. You know? Well, um, Vince Rigari said uh, Jason Cummings and Bielsa <laughs> is a match made in heaven. So that one <laughs> today, that's what. <laughs> imagine that in a parallel universe, mm. we would get, uh, yeah, Jason Cummings scoring goals at the at the next World Cup. We'll see. Arguably, what Australian football is more in need of though is, is a technical director. We had an article from from Vince this week saying the uh, the new head of. Aston Villa recruitment was was considered and turned down in in favour of Rob Sherman, who mm-hmm. infamously stormed out of the job after only six months and left a very long LinkedIn post in his in his wake, uh, decrying the state of a, of Australian football. And at the moment, we we've only got an interim. Um, Trevor Morgan, the Joey's coach, has basically taken over that position while the junior national teams are essentially dormant. But that won't be the case for much longer with COVID restrictions lifting. So. Someone's going to have to come in and, and run the show as, as technical director. And I think that import, appointment, while it won't get as much publicity as, as whoever the coach is after Graham Arnold, is potentially more more important for the future of the game. Absolutely, and future of us too. It works with the junior development and getting all these players mm. on side and, and you know strategies and the rest of it. Correct. And he's doing wonderful things at Aston Villa. So in terms of uh, his recruits and what he's spending, uh, working within his own means and getting them sort of... Well, it helps when someone buys Drak Grealish for $100 million, You've got a bit more to play with. It's true. But we wanted to go three players for him. So that was, that was the whole... Yeah. Yeah, the whole point. You know, we, we're only going to sell him if we can, you know, replace three versions of him, you know, three three players a little bit cheaper. Interesting, um, you know, the, the wooders and cooders is always big in Australian football. We like to talk mm. about Bielsa and, and technical directors and, and the rest of it, what might have been. So um, we'll see. That I think what will happen is there'll be, there'll be, there should be a shake-up if we don't qualify. Um, on record, I don't think that we will, hoping that we will. I'm going to the Japan game and we'll be, we'll be um, obviously cheering us on, but it's going to be tough. 
And mm. then we need to look at what do we do. There'll be a few rolls up for grabs, a few uh, <laughs> a few job ads on Seek, I would think. Speaking of soccer selections, Cammy Devlin scoring on the weekend. Mm-hmm. don't know if you saw his, his tackle to win the ball yeah, and I he did. finished off the same move. I saw the highlights and they showed the goal and they said, actually, we need to show, show him getting the tackle first. And then there was the next uh, extended highlight. So, they, again, he's got to be in calculations because he wasn't last time. He Squaring up, up to an opponent about twice his size as well during that game. That's what you like to see. That's what we want. <laughs> if that's what we're going to sell ourselves on, having, you know, determination <laughs> and, and strength. So, yeah, good for him. Aussie Aussie battler spirit in spades. Got to get him in a Roos jersey, Cammy Devlin. And uh, speaking of Socceroos of the past, uh, we had uh, one of the members of the 1974 World Cup squad, uh, Jim Milosavljevic, leave us uh, recently. He was he was a goalkeeper, but not always a goalkeeper. Do you want to tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, I might um, just read out uh, his a brief part of his eulogy. Actually, that Football Victoria put up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if um, um, first of all, we'll talk about the, the 74 Socceroos. It's not quite often mentioned, but when Australia qualified in 1974, there were only 16 teams at the World Cup, yeah. 16. England weren't one of them. So um, quite an amazing effort that we were one of the 16 in that World Cup, given that we struggled for so long to make it. And then obviously 06 and then moving into Asia, making it a little bit easier than mm-hmm. the passage for us. So it's quite the effort. So anyway, Jim was born in Melbourne in 1951 and just a year after his parents migrated from uh, Yugoslavia and he was also he played Australian rules football as well as as soccer and such uh, was his talent uh, soccer with Footscray just that um actually the Carlton uh, Australian Rules Club invited him to play in the under 19s as well pretty amazing talent mm. um he played for Victoria uh, played against a lot of the the touring teams which was uh, the the way it was was in the 1970s that would come through the state teams would play against them and uh, such his ability as the goalkeeper that he was called up into the 74 squad, um, one of only three non-New South Welshmen that made that, uh, that 74 squad. Um, after, after that, um, he had a hand injury and he became an outfield player. So uh, We often the, hear about outfielders becoming goalkeepers, you know, early in Barbieri their careers. And things like that, yes. But rarely do we see the other direction. No, so he... Um, he scored a goal as a as a sub coming on in, in 1975 and scored a winner against South Melbourne for Footscray Just. In an Ampol Cup final, no less. Correct, yeah. And then he played as an outfielder and then sort of he dropped down divisions in 1980, joined Carlton Serbia, who then became Ringwood United. But also post-playing, he uh, enjoyed a few years as a referee as well. And then he moved into work for the Victorian Soccer Federation uh, on their State League Management Committee in the 90s. And he was also chairman and a commissioner into the 2000s. And he passed away this week, age 70. So um, that's from Tony Pasoglia, the uh, Football Victoria historian. And mm-hmm. uh, we just pass on now condolences to his uh, family and friends. Well, goalkeeper, striker, player, coach, referee, administrator. He did every, everything in the game. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, how, why would you move into being a ref and then a, an administrator as well? Like if you, you've got to be putting yourself in the firing thick line, skin, then. thick skin. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, vale, Jim Milosavljevic. With that, we'll go to a break here on the Oz Football Hour and come back with more. We've got A League games to discuss, last minute winners, plenty of drama, and some wet weather as well. So stick around. Victory looking to build. Barbarousas is quick. Is he in behind top or Stanley? It doesn't matter. Costa Barbarousas. Wow. Yeah. Up like a salmon, a spawning salmon. And Diamante again. Oh, he's done it. Unbelievable kick. Come on here. 